Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another broadcast on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight, you're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. Comments made on tonight's broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Blog Talk Radio, the Soul of America Radio, or its host. Hope and Healing takes you from a place of pain, abuse, violence, rejection, and abandonment to a place of hope, healing, and power. All aboard with your author, activist, advocate, and friend, man of purpose himself, and your host for the evening, Mr. J. R. Diglett. Yeah. And I'm so very glad that you've joined us here this evening on the Soul of America Radio Network. That's right, from coast to coast, you can listen to us each and every Monday night. And we just have just a little slight time change tonight at 9.30 p.m. tonight. For those of you that might have been listening at 9 o'clock, we're here at 9.30 tonight. And we're always glad to be with you each and every Monday night. Listen, for those of you that are listening for the very first time, the show, Hope and Healing, A Journey to Hold Us, is a show that is actually dedicated to the purpose of addressing the issues of domestic violence. Those that have been hurt, those that have suffered rejection, abandonment, loss, grief, death of any sort, this is the show that was created with them in mind because we understand that healing is not a destination. It is a journey. And so inside of our show, we try to provide information, education, empowerment, and a platform that one might find themselves on the healing end of their situation. We are elated about it because of the fact we understand that healing is the goal and that we can get there, and oftentimes we can get there together. So once again, call a friend, call a neighbor, let them know that Hope and Healing Journey uh, journey to Holiness on the airway. And if you're listening tonight by way of radio, uh, should I say by way of uh, Internet, it's www.soulofamericaradio.com. That's www.soulofamericaradio.com. And if you are listening by way or would like to call in by phone, you can call the number, area code 323-784-9638. That is how you reach us. That is how you can get with us tonight uh, right here on the Soul of America Radio Network. We are so excited to be back with you on tonight and so much to talk about as we are here on this last Monday night. Well, not last Monday. We have another Monday. Uh, No, this is the last Monday night in the month of February. So the last Monday night in the month of February, uh, the last Monday night in Black History Month, and just so much to talk about and so much to commemorate this uh, evening. And for those of you that may be listening today, if you'd like to be on the air with us, join us as a guest, you can just simply call Erico 323 784 
9638 and hit the number one on your keypad when you get get in. That lets us know unless our producer knows to get you on the airway today and we will take your call and get you on the airway tonight. So no matter where you are, where you come from, from coast to coast, you're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. And as always, we're looking forward to our time together. One of the things I want to talk about tonight is just so many things about healing, so many things about how do we get to where we need to get. Uh, And, uh, you know, so we will kind of vacillate in and out tonight about why this is important. I have a few stories I want to share uh, with you tonight that involve some recent situation dealing with domestic violence and unfortunately in many cases ended very tragically and I want to get to that in just a little bit but once again if you'd like to get in simply call area code 323-784-9638 that is how you get in tonight call a friend call a neighbor let them know that hope and healing is on the airway and that they can be a part of this tonight, and they can be a part of the difference maker. So I want to make sure that you are a part of what's going on right here tonight on this great network. As I said earlier, we have been dealing a lot inside of issues that have ended up, unfortunately, in a very uh, tragic way as it relates to domestic violence. Domestic violence is really uh, something that we must all take uh, responsibility for is something that we all must begin to look at and understand that it affects people from every walk of life. There's absolutely no one that is exempted from this. No one is exempted from this. Everybody is affected in one way or another, and we want to take the time tonight to make sure that we cover some very interesting uh, things that have happened over the last few weeks, and especially a couple of things that have happened that I think serve as a great warning, and I want to say that. As a great warning to many people who tend to think that domestic violence only happened a particular way and that it only happened to particular people. And you need to understand that that's not the case. Domestic violence doesn't discriminate against anyone, and it happens all over. So I want to get to a few cases here uh, in just a little bit uh, as it relates to some more recent things that I thought was absolutely not only brutal, but is one that I think sends a, a a message, a message in a big way uh, when it comes to the issue of domestic violence. And one of them, I want to go to a story that took place here just this past week in Houston, Texas it was, and here's the case of a young lady who was stabbed, 100, not stabbed, she had received 140 phone calls from her strange uh, lover, 140 phone calls. He harassed her 140 times before he actually killed her there on the job and there's so many that we're going to talk about today and uh tonight and i want you to get ready for this because i want to bring out some very specific points inside of this tonight because it's it's, it's worth hearing it's worth bringing forth tonight this has to start with us if we're going to see domestic violence be eradicated that means that it's responsibility that must take place on every level. We as individuals, we as uh, individuals that are that you know say that we are concerned, we must be willing to step up and do what we need to do inside of helping to reduce domestic violence. And uh, if you hear me taking this much time, because I'm astonished 
at so many things that happen here. And here's the story I want to bring to you. The ex-boyfriend called uh, her 140 times before fatally shooting her. Here's a story that I think that you're going to find uh, just quite unbelievable, and yet it's still, you know, it, it shocks me to this day. And here's the story directly from the Domestic Violence Crime Watch here in a story that had been shared with me uh, firsthand uh, from uh, a former resident of Houston, and I received this. And it said, police says that ex-boyfriend called Takeda Matthew, age 26, 140 times before showing up at workplace and killing her. This Texas man was suspected in a murder and attempted suicide Wednesday. He called his ex-girlfriend 140 times before he showed up at her place. The shooting occurred around 300, around 3.40 p.m., so it happened in a broad open daylight. Uh, Wednesday inside a rental office on uh, of the Greenbrier Apartments. This here really disturbs me because my youngest brother actually lived in the Greenbrier Apartments there in Houston, Texas. An employee from the rental office called the police saying that her coworker had been shot and that uh, and the police identified her as 26-year-old Takeda Matthew. A cousin said that she was a young single mother who loved life and her little girl. And unfortunately, this mother was taken from her children. So when we look at this, this was so tragic because perhaps her trying to go on with her life, perhaps her not trying to feed into what was going on. And what we see is that 140 times he called her, 140 times he called her before he fatally shot her. He shot her at work. She worked there in the rental office at the Greenbrier Apartments there in Houston, Texas. And this is tragic, as you heard me say. You heard it in my voice there. When I looked at that story before, I realized I'd been to those apartments when I visited my brother, uh, my youngest brother there in Texas. And so you've got to understand inside of this, there is no discrimination about these type cases. Let's talk about this a little bit, and I invite you to join in with us, Erico three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. What do you do inside of a situation where you have called it off? And one of the greatest challenges that happens inside of domestic violence is that so so often that people don't really see domestic violence as being that. Oftentimes they minimize it to being, well, we had a disagreement. He, he or she is just mad because we broke up. They're mad because I'm not not going to put up with certain things, and we dismiss it. And so even when there are signs that are pointing towards the fact that this individual could be dangerous, that this individual is becoming more possessive and more controlling, we oftentimes brush it off. 140 phone calls came. The report doesn't say whether she answered any of those at all, but 140 phone calls, someone trying to get your attention, whether they're trying to say let's talk or they're trying to persuade you to get back together, it's an excessive amount of calls. Why should that be a red flag? Why should that be something you'd be concerned about? I'm glad that you asked. I think it should be a red flag because of the fact that it shows that this person is relentless and that they are determined to get your attention and get an audience with you regardless of how you feel about it. This is where the danger comes in because this person have already 
made up in their mind that they are not listening to you and that what you have to say is not important. And so, therefore, they've taken control, and their control is what they're hanging on to, and that they're refusing to listen to, to what you have to say. So when we begin to see those type of signs, what is it that we should do? Should we answer the phone? Perhaps not. Should we document the calls? Perhaps we should. Should we keep a, a log, a call log? And at what point do we report this to the police? At what point do we feel threatened enough to even get a restraining order? Surely he wasn't making just 140 phone calls and hanging up. Perhaps making phone calls and leaving threatening messages. Perhaps making phone calls and, and uh, promising what he would do. Perhaps making phone calls begging for another chance. We'll never know. But what we do know is this, is that any time we see this type of obsessive type of action and behavior, then it only goes south from there. And that is the one thing I want to make sure that we understand today, Eric code 323-784-963, that when we begin to see these type of behaviors and these type of things playing out, it is time to really make some very serious decisions. Now, serious decisions are not always easily made, but they're always necessary because they're necessary in so many ways. Now, when I look here at this young lady here, Takeda, uh, who was killed, I want you to understand, once again, here's a young black female, age 26 years old. And unfortunately, she falls right into line with what research is telling us in so many ways, that black women face a greater risk of domestic violence than any other one. And most time, they're facing this violence at the hands of guns. The high toll of gun violence exact on black males is, is, is known very well. We all know about black males being, being shot by police, by each other and things. But do we really shine focus on the fact that black females also uh, face a disproportionate risk of lethal violence? And one of the studies that came out uh, most recently from the Violence Policy Center for Domestic Violence Awareness, they used that data from the FBI and published a supplementary homicide report. And what they discovered was that black women are murdered by men at the rate more than two and a half times higher than white women. I want you to hear that, that black women are murdered by men at a rate more than two and a half times higher than white women. And then even back in 2011, that the most recent year for that such data was available, that black male, black females was murdered by males at a rate of 2.61 per 100,000 in single victim, single offender incidents. And for white women, that rate was only 0 0.99 per 100,000. So when we started looking at these numbers and trying to understand these numbers, uh, here here's some important facts that we ought to keep in mind. First, that the primary risk of violence does not come from strangers necessarily. Ninety-four percent of black women were murdered by someone they knew, a proportion that is equally high for white women. And then the vast majority of these homicides of black females were not related to any other felony crime. As a matter of fact, most often they were killed in the course of an argument. In cases where the uh, uh, circumstances could be identified, 87% were not related to the commission of any other felony. So if not strangers, then who are the killers? If the strangers are not killing our black women, then who are the killers? At least half of the murders were a result of domestic violence. And among the black female victims who knew their offenders, 52% of them were wives, common-law wives, ex-wives, a girlfriend. And also 93% of the homicides were intraracial. I want you to hear that, intraracial. 
So I want you to hear that this is what we're dealing with, that this is a travesty. This is the danger that we're facing. And for every man out there that may have a daughter, you better listen to this. For every man out there that may have a little girl, that may have a daughter that he's raising or should be raising, you better understand something, buddy, that when we begin to talk about how our daughters are conditioned, they're also conditioned by what they see. So as men, we have such a responsibility to not only be the proper role model and to show love and affection and love them and not be the domineering men that we are abusive, because this also shapes the way our girls see men and what a man should be like. These numbers are horrific. These numbers are are, 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 uh, are just terrifying numbers when you look at this, that when you look at almost 93% of these homicides were not only interracial, but 52% of these women that were killed were wives, common-law wives, ex-wives, or girlfriends. Problem is, folks, that listen, we often hear, you know, hands up, don't shoot. And that we, we've addressed that toward law enforcement. But look at the violence that has taken place that has taken out our women. Gun violence have played a predominant role in homicides among black women. And when the murder weapon uh, could be identified, 51%, watch this, 51% of those that were killed, 51% of the black females that were shot and killed, they were shot and killed with a gun. Within that group, 82% were shot and killed with a handgun. So let, let's look at something. And I know that you're listening tonight, and those of you that may be listening by way of Internet, I invite you to join in and be our guest. Erico 323-784-9638. That is how you reach us, Erico 323-784-9638. Listen, I want you to hear this. More and more across the country, what you're hearing, what you're seeing as a way of self-defense is that women are now taking self-defense classes. Women are going to the gun range. They're learning to shoot. They're learning to shoot and defend themselves. And one of the reasons it's happening is because of the numbers I just gave you. Those numbers are going up at ex- at exceedingly great rate. Uh, that's why we're seeing more women tipping to buy gun for their own self-protection. And uh, But they should know that guns still aren't the answer. Although it may seem like a temporary fix, it's not the answer to domestic violence. In fact, what has happened, several studies have actually shown that having a gun in their home actually increases a woman's chance of being murdered. And for African Americans, as well as other women, guns are used uh, not to save lives, but generally to take them. So we should not sit back and just accept a society where black women face a higher chance of getting killed. getting killed, and women should be aware of resources that are available to help them escape domestic violence uh, situation. And and one of the things I want to say is that we simply cannot wait before we pass effective laws to stop this national epidemic of gun violence. Now, I know that's a taboo subject. Nobody wants to have that conversation. Nobody wants to talk about what happens inside of these things, but it's a real subject. It's a real matter. But it is. And I hope that we're still on the air. There are little technical difficulties inside of that. But we have to understand what is going on inside of this situation, that gun violence is playing a big part also in killing our women. Now, why is this important? When I read the story of Takeda there that was killed, 26-year-old, just last week there in Houston, Texas, on her job inside of the office as a, a worker there at the Greenbrier Apartments there in Houston, Texas, this happened after her ex-boyfriend, uh, her estranged lover, had called her phone over 140 times. We've got to understand something. we got a problem here. 
African-American, especially African-American women, suffer deadly violence from family members at a rate decidedly higher than other racial groups in the United States. Overall, African-Americans were victimized by intimate partners a significantly higher rate than persons of any other race from 1993, between 1993 and 1998. Then black females experienced intimate partner violence at a rate 35% higher than that of white females and about 22 times the rate of women of other races. Black males also experienced intimate partner violence at a rate about 62% higher than that of white males and about 22 times the rate of men of other races. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about the fact that we have to understand how this epidemic is affecting us as a whole. It is destroying our families. It's destroying the next generation because we know that the ruin of a nation begins in the homes of its people. And when we see this type of destructiveness and destructive behavior happening, we are just destroying the next generation. And that is what we have to be very cautious about. Listen, I want to go to uh, a break real quick, a commercial break, and we're going to come back immediately afterwards. We're going to take your calls and your comments. You'll listen to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thickland, and we will be right back after these commercial breaks. via internet, you're probably seeing a series of advertisements. Please click on those advertisements as they help us to continue to bring you the best in Soulful Talk Radio. By Choice to Fellowship on Facebook is a spiritual, drama-free, judgment-free fellowship forum for like minds to share in encouragement through testimonies, scriptures, music, prayer, worship, and fellowship. It is our desire to be an oasis of hope in the midst of the deserts and wilderness of life's most challenging experiences. We welcome you for prayer requests as well as your testimonies as we collectively operate as thermostats changing life's experience through God's leading in His Word. Join us as we empower lives and shape destinies. That's Destiny by Choice 2 Fellowship on Facebook through a search you can find us. If you're listening via internet and you want to speak to the host, please dial 323-784-9638 and press 1 to be connected to the host. This is the Soul of America Radio. I am Indy Harlem too, and I am fighting the power on the Soul of America Radio. Worldwide, coast to coast talk radio. 
This is the Soul of America Radio. You're listening to Soar. And now back to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thickland. of America Radio. Thank you for listening to J.R. Thickland, Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. We feature every Monday night a show solely devoted to people that are going through abuse, some type of problem in your lives that you can't work out. We mainly focus on domestic violence, the cancer in our lives. Join J.R. Thickland, your host, here every Monday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock p.m. Central, right here on the Soul of America Radio. You can contact Jay every Monday night at 323-784-9638. Or you can listen to him online just follow at soulofamericaradio.com and listen for look for live streams. And that way you can speak or listen, whichever your choice may be. Thank you for joining us tonight. You're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin, on the Soul of America Radio. If you're listening via internet and you want to speak to the host, Please dial 323-784-9638 and press 1 to be connected to the host. This is the Soul of America Radio. Here's your host, J.R. Thicklin. Ending and six nine six two, and I'm going to say 
Good evening, and welcome to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. You're on the air. Good evening, Pastor. How are you? I'm great. So good to have you, Gloria. How are you today? I'm good. Um, you know, just listening to the, the program, and it's, you know, awesome as always. But I was just thinking, you know, how as a culture, you know, I and you know, when I as I'm reading, you know, my mom was a history buff, she always made me read, you know. <laughs> and um just That's a going good thing. back <laughs> and, yes, yes it is. Um just looking at our culture historically and how, you know, you know, we've been been abused for many years. I mean, going far as back as my you know, my ancestors, unfortunately, you know, and Hearing and seeing the horrific um, stories as, you know, if they wanted to, um, you know, break a man, you know, kill 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 the woman and kill the baby or, you know, rape the woman and then eventually right. rape the children and so on and so forth. So I often think back as far as history goes, and then you got generation after generation after generation until somebody says within that generation, okay, this can't go on any longer. This has to stop. Um, I had an opportunity this evening to um, go to Bridges and Community Partnerships in uh, Riviera Beach because they're doing their kickoff of, you know, um, a strong start within the community. And, of course, myself right. and, you know, my father was a part of that. You know, we were just – and then, of course, parents and other, you know um, – people within the community we're just sharing our experiences and what um how we can grow as um as a community and as far as you know culture and so we were just you know um going back and forth and having that that um that voice with one another well you know sharing our experiences like how we grew up you know how were we disciplined and all of those things and um but what we concluded we could all relate to each other's story and um like my my mom was a disciplinarian in in um my home you know and and she disciplined me to the point where my my dad had to step in and say okay barbara that's enough you know <laughs> don't don't kill her <laughs> so so but the the thing was with with that being said it's like okay it's something even as a child you know even i i love my mom till this day you know she, it kept me out of jail true enough and you know, I, I take all of those those good things. But even with me as a parent raising um, Malcolm and Fred, you know, and then of course my dad was you know with me to help me raise them. But I, I even think back. I said, you know what, you know, my mom wasn't all that bad. It's just amazing to me how we are as a culture. What do we, what can we continue to do to stop you know the violence and things like that? So. That's pretty much like what I wanted to say this evening, but it's just it's just amazing to me, you know. Well, you um, said you said a lot because what you're saying is how much how much our culture has shaped you know the violence in our past. How much have it shaped our yeah. culture today that literally that violence began to be our first choice of dealing with anything? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, there's no art of negotiation anymore. There's no art of saying, well, let us just let us see what we can work out. We've we've mm-hmm. succumbed to the fact of uh, you know what is it that we're going to do? How we're going to do it to you? We don't want to hear you out, uh, you know, and we don't want to be a part of 
part of the solution uh, in order mm-hmm. to eradicate uh, of this social ill. Uh, so one of the things that I will say is this, is the fact that even mm-hmm. in terms of what you were speaking of, we have been exposed to violence so much as a culture, but we were at yeah. one time the victim of other people doing it to us. We were at one time victims of that. And unfortunately, it's a learned behavior because we have learned to inflict it upon one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when we as men inflict abuse and punishment upon our women, what message are we sending out? Uh, uh, you know, what message are we sending out to our next generation? What are we saying to our women? What are we saying about the value of who they are? Uh, you know, and, and we've got to be willing to accept some responsibility for that. We've got to understand the consequence of that. When our boys see us behave a certain way, what mm-hmm. lesson do we think that they really take from that? Let's go a step further. Even when our girls see us behave a certain way, what lessons do right. they take from this? You know, they learn. We, I'll ultimately say this, that I think ultimately we teach people how to treat us, but also think that when it comes to those that are impressionable, we also mm-hmm. teach them how to be treated. And we teach them how to be treated by the way we carry on with one another. And that is why we can't afford to be silent. That is why that we have to break the silence. We have to have this dialogue. We must be able to, to take ownership of what we're going through and take ownership of our actions because it's not enough to continue to go on and never be held accountable for the things that we do. And that's where it has to stop. We have to change the culture. We have to change the dynamics. We have to be willing to share what we need to share. We must be willing to let people know that wrong is wrong, and we've got to be able to, to demonstrate that. A lot of times we give excuses and we'll say, well, you know, he's just tired or he just was not, you know, he wasn't in a good mood. But look, I have not been in good moods many times, but it doesn't mean that it has to result in violence. That's right. It doesn't have to result in violence. I'm afraid that's what we're seeing, that so many things are happening. Our young kids cannot even, they can't disagree today without finding themselves being violent with one another, without finding themselves hurting one another, looking to injure one another, and to take one another's life. So the value of life is not there. The consciousness of life is not there. And so how do we change the culture? How is it that we live valued, lived lives? And that's the phrase I want to use, valued, lived lives. Because, you know, I mean, a few months ago and now people run around, they, everyone is, you know, wearing the shirts, you know, Black Lives Matter. Well, black you know, the first, the first person that needs to get that message is black people. <laughs> the first yeah, person that right. needs to receive that message that black lives matter is black people. Mm-hmm. And when black people get the message that black lives matter, then we can entreat one another like black lives matter. And when we entreat one another like black, black lives matter, we begin to set a, uh, if you would, we begin to set a standard about how we are to be treated. And that is what is so uh, important inside of this. And so that's one of the things I want to say. Area code 323-784-9638. That is how you reach us today. Area code 323-784-9638. You listen to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness, and this is your host, J.R. Ficklin. And I'm so very glad that you've joined us on tonight. And if you'd like to be one of our guests, you can simply call that number, area code 323-784-9638, and you can simply hit the number 1. Uh, that's right, hit the number one, and that lets our producer know that you want to get on the airway tonight. So, Gloria, when I when I go back and understand yes. the fact that you were there in the community, and I, I've been part of the Strong Stars there with uh, uh, Bridges and different areas there, and, and, and the, the title itself is so powerful, it's called Strong yes. Start. Yes. 
strong start. Yes. And so one of the things that we have to understand as a community and as a family, that we have to be willing to get off to a strong start. What type of strong start is it when we see domestic violence occurring during pregnancy? What type of strong start is it when we're looking at 28% of all fetal abnormalities are a result of domestic violence? What type of strong start is it when many women experience their first uh, sign of physical abuse during pregnancy? The child is at risk, the mother is at risk. And so the value of life has to be really looked at and evaluated as something that we look at uh, from a perspective of, of precious and that it is value. And one of the things I want to say, the reason why this is so important is because of the fact that we've had so many layers and layers of violence and oppression upon us to the fact that until we understand the long-term impact of that and understand that if we perpetuate it, that it will never go away, we ourselves are going to find ourselves being our biggest enemy. And one of the reasons why we do this show every week is the fact that we understand that we have to reduce this issue of domestic violence, particularly in the African-American community and the African diaspora. We've got to teach. We've got to build a capacity as a people to take care of ourselves. We've got, to be, we've got to, because if we don't do that, things like domestic violence does nothing but reduce our uh, community's capacity to care for itself. And, and, uh, and one of the greatest forces of that is denial. Denial is the foremost barrier that, that, uh, that we have to overcome before the issue of domestic violence is addressed. And that means that we have to stop being in denial that it ha- happens in our community. Domestic violence is running rampant in our communities. And I continue to say in the words of the Ashante proverb that says that the ruin of a nation begins in the homes of its people. So all of these other things that we see happening, the social things that we see happening, those things do not have a a, a propensity to destroy us as a nation as much as the the things that happen within the homes of its people, where there's war going on where there should be peace, where there's turmoil going on where there should be tranquility, where there is a matter of uh, of uh, degradation and, and tearing down going on where there should be a place of building up and empowerment. That is the destruction yeah. of our families. That is the destruction of our home. And so someone has to speak up. It's not enough for us yeah. to be blinded by the bling and blinded by what appears to be highly successful people of color, and yet still we don't address the issue that is so much uh, on the table, and that is the pre- uh, prevalence of domestic violence, oftentimes that is coupled inside of sexism and genderisms and mm-hmm. all of these isms mm-hmm. and schisms, and we never address them because we think, well, if we got money, you know, all this other stuff doesn't matter. Well, no one wants to be a slave to money neither. And so we have to understand even how economic abuse plays a part. When there's economic abuse, that's when we see one partner controlling the finances, totally controlling the money, uh, totally have the other person, if you would, on lockdown about the money. And we have to be able to identify how that impacts us as a society. Erico three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. That is how you reach us. You'll listen to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. I'm your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I'm so very glad that you've joined us here on the Soul of America Radio Network. And so inside of that, Gloria, I go back to you because you were there at the strong start, and you guys are part of it. Like I said, we've been a part of that in time past, and it's an excellent thought. It's an excellent way of engaging community. Yeah. It's an excellent way in bringing awareness and, uh, and raising the conscious level of our, our community. But the next step from there is how do we implement the steps? And those steps are implemented when we are willing. 
when we are willing to take responsibility for what goes on in our communities. You know, the old the old scripture that says, am I my brother's keeper? It's a resounding mm. question that has been asked over and over again. And that question there, that question being answered, that question there is not an answer that you answer verbally. The answer to that question happens with action. The only way we answer that is with action. We answer it by being there for one another. We answer it by being a better role model and example to one another. We answer it by giving love for hate, giving light for darkness. That's how we answer that one. And I think that we must be willing to do so. Other than that, we're just bumping our gum and we're delaying the inevitable. Until there's a mutual respect for one another as human beings, then we have not made any progress in our time. What good is this, that we live in gated communities and live in great fancy places when really inside of our walls are still war zones? What good is it that we drive great vehicles and fancy cars and, and we have fancy dinners and things, and yet it's still that it, that vehicle becomes no more than, a, than a, 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 an instrument of war, an instrument of hurt and pain, one that is oftentimes the centerpiece of games of manipulation that is being played. So we have to understand value to live lives has everything to do with real value. Real value cannot be found in just things and inside of tangible things. Real value is found inside of the respect and the reverence for one another's life and for what one another bring to the table. In other words, when I see you, you're more than just a breathing uh, instrument, a breathing person, a breathing organism. You're an individual that has worth. You're an individual that has potential. You're an individual that have destiny. You're an individual that has a purpose in your life, and I have to respect that because of the fact that purpose could be inextricably tied to my life in one way or another. And so I need to respect that. And those are the things that we have to continue to raise the, uh, if you would, raise the awareness at a conscious level in our yeah. society about. So area code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. That's how you can reach us on today. Uh, I'm J.R. Thicklin, and I'm so glad that you've joined us here on the Soul of America Radio Network inside of there. And I know that you had something else that you're about to say, Gloria. Go right ahead. Yes, and I also um, wanted to say that um, it's important for fathers to, you know, um, to play that active role in their children's lives, and especially for daughters, you know. I can honestly say that my father, you know, was there for me. You know, he he saw me through everything that I've even gone through up until this point. But I can honestly say that I had a good father. So, I mean, that is so important. And just, um, you know, to be that protector and everything like that. But it, it it really is, especially for our African American um, girls and uh, young women of color, because you know it's you know we they're needed. <laughs> they they think they're not, but but fathers are are so needed. So I just wanted to say that as well. So. Yeah, that's a very very powerful uh, message to echo that. That fathers and men need to understand that they do, they are needed, and they do, they are, they do matter. But they need to also understand that the that their conduct sets the table, yeah. sets the bar, the expectation of of how one is, or how one is expected to act, is oftentimes set by how we, the men, carry ourselves, and we can we can mm-hmm. least afford to 
lose this. We can at least afford to uh, abandon ship at this point. This is a crucial hour. This is a critical time. This is a time that we have to be willing uh, to uh, be on the front line, a time that we have to be willing to uh, actually take part inside of the process because nobody is on automatic pallet. Every child needs the leadership of their father, needs the leadership of their parent. They need a leadership that speaks strength to them, not weakness, that speaks empowerment, not defeat. And that is what must happen if we're going to see the tide change, if we're going to see things turn around, if we're going to be the recipients of a greater way and a better way for the next generation. Listen, time is passing, and it's passing in a profound way. And it's passing in a way that if we don't wake up, we're going to find ourselves asking a question, what happened? You know, there are those that live their lives, and those those that live their lives, and they continue to ask the question, what happened? When did it happen? Why did it happen? All of those things have come. You know, and, uh, you know, but we all have a part in this. And if we don't take a part inside of this, then, uh, you know, what we're literally saying is that it's not our business. What we're literally saying is that this is not something uh, that I'm going to take part in. But we have to be very serious about it, that the next generation is hinging upon the actions that we take today. And that's what we have to begin to take ownership and take responsibility for. Area code 323-784-9638. Area code 323-784-9638. That's how you reach us today. You listen to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I will be right back with you right after this commercial break. To the Soul of America Radio. You're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin. And remember, you can catch this show every Monday night, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 8 o'clock p.m. Central. And give them a call tonight at 323 784 9638. 323-784-9638. This is Thor. Three seven eight four nine six three eight. You give Jay a call right now. And now back to the show.
coast to coast, east to west. This is the Soul of America Radio. My name is Bernadette Stannis, and you know me as Thelma from the TV show Good Times. And I am hanging out with Tony on the Soul of America Radio. Uh, crime watch and um, 
and the last story I shared with you, uh, uh, the young lady is right there from Houston, Texas, and I told you how how near it was because a lot is happening, and we're not going to pick on any certain state. Uh, it's just a travesty of these things happening, and um, we see things continue to happen in about, and I'm talking about people that have died, uh, uh, they're young people, people that are losing their lives, and um, whether they're fatally stabbing girlfriends or wives or they're shooting them, we continue to see uh, uh, this type of behavior happen, and um, it, is, it is really sad. One of the things that we didn't mention to you on this month, the month of February is Teen Dating Abuse Month. And uh, because it can be as serious and scary as violence within an adult relationship. So you need to also be focused on your children. What are your children doing? When they say they have a boyfriend or girlfriend, what does that look like? How are they being treated in that relationship? And perhaps how are they treating someone inside of that relationship? So these are things that we need to have real candid conversation about. Uh, once again, the abuse faced by teens can manifest itself in a Excuse me, a variety of forms, uh, including physical, verbal, or, and digital these days. So uh, one of the things that shed light on dating abuse uh, is the fact that uh, there there is a lot of similarities between dating abuse and domestic violence. And uh, there are a lot of resources that you can go to in order to find out more about um, uh, there from the National Domestic Violence Hotline and other places. So you want to get that because you will be surprised how many children are involved in an abusive relationship and parents don't know about it. Don't know about it. Don't don't find yourself being one of those parents whose head is in the sand. Ask the right question. Check on your child. Who are they in relationship with? What does that mean? So it's very important. Be very careful of those individuals who always want to isolate themselves away. From everyone else, I want to isolate uh, you, and in the cases of teens, isolate teens. So those are things I want to make sure that you get. I want to talk about, I want to go back to another story that just really is mind-blowing here, and here's a story here that actually happened to post it yesterday. Uh, the young lady named Sydney, Sydney Green, and Sydney's boyfriend murdered her, then tried to pass her death off as a suicide. This happened in Tennessee. A former, a former Cumberland University and Hunters Lane High School wrestler is accused of killing his 19-year-old girlfriend in a case he allegedly tried to cover up by staging her suicide, according to police. Trenton Bell is charged with criminal homicide in the death of Sidney Green, age 19. Trenton is 21. Green was found unresponsive in a bathtub around midnight. Wednesday at an apartment on Peyton Circle near Wilson County Fairgrounds after Bell allegedly made the call to police to report her suicide. Now, if you don't see art imitating life here, I don't know what to think. Here's a case. Oh, wow. In the bathtub. Okay, so let's pass this off. So now, what is popular today? What is one of the heartfelt stories? It's the fact of Bobby Christina being found uh, laying unresponsive in the bathtub. The copycat type of crimes that we see happening in order to get away with something. I mean, a person wants to get away with killing or taking someone's life, and they want to hide up under, you know, saying that, hey, this person committed suicide. And uh, we have to be very careful about that, you know, and we really do. And so I want to just say uh, that this was a tragedy uh, happening right there in Tennessee, uh, where we, this young lady is 19 years old, this guy's 21 years old, former wrestler, and all these things there about him, but yet it's still, 
what we see here is an act that is so senseless and so cowardly that it's, it's just unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. So I want to make sure that we take a real good look at that one there. And it's a, it's a case there that continues to blow my mind. And we're seeing domestic violence happen not only from that, we're seeing it happen within family. Here's a story posted yesterday. A retired police officer killed his two teen daughters, Elisa and Deanna Hockman, and, him, and himself in a murder-suicide. So this happened in New York. Uh, the Harrison investigators continued taking off, uh, talking, I should say, with neighbors, and gathering evidence on Sunday, one day after the retired White Plains police officer was believed to have killed his two daughters before killing himself. And he said, at this point, we're trying to evaluate everything here. Uh, the former officer, Glenn Hawkman, age 52, uh, while he himself was, of course, found dead, uh, along with his daughters, uh, 17-year-old, Elisa and 15-year-old Deanna at the family home. People, these are sad tra- tragedies and travesties. Some of them people don't see coming. Others are clear as day. What do I mean don't see coming? Oftentimes in the cases where a child, uh, uh, oftentimes where a child was uh, hurt or injured, uh, or this happened to a child or family, it happens off guard because they're not expecting to see it from their parent if there's not been any abuse in the home all along. And so uh, I just wanted to uh, make sure that when we talk about this, we need to understand, uh, let's see, just one second. I want to look at this part of the story real quickly because one of the things that that stood out to me is not only did it take place at the family home, but here's the situation. He's been retired for just a little bit over a year, and he takes out his daughters. Hmm. He killed his daughters. Oftentimes in cases like this, you know, is it a revenge? Is it to hurt the other partner, the other spouse? Um, and um, it's something that we really need to take heed of, and we need to really evaluate what is going on uh, inside of these situations. What are these warning signs uh, that may precede this? What are the warning signs that may have given any type of indication that something was off? What are those warning signs? Because oftentimes we found ourselves caught in these situations almost blindly. And so I wanted to just, uh, really go to that part there. It's very important there. Uh, and we're going to get some more information out for that show. And one of the things we're working on for future shows, as a matter of fact, on next week, which will be Monday, we're working on some uh, special guests for that show. But somewhere within the next three weeks, we're looking to make contact with or representative with uh, Marissa Alexander. We would like to have her on the show soon. We're going to do our best to get her on the show, and hopefully that you'll be with us at that time. And until next time, this is J.R. Thicklin, and I'm thanking you once again for joining us here on Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. And remember, there is no excuse for domestic violence. If you know someone that is in a domestic abusive relationship, you know, help them get help. Call the national hotline number 1-800-799-7233, 1-800-799-SAFE. And as you do that to make your uh, way known and uh, show your strength and show the fact that you care, it can save a life. Till next time, have a blessed day. Good night.
Yeah.